this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Glenn Silverman, Chief Executive Officer of U.S. Orthopedic Partners. Glenn, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Hey, thank, thank you so much, Laura. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm looking forward to learning more about what you've been doing at U.S. Orthopedic Partners and some of the big things that are ahead. But before we dive into our, our broader discussion, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So again, I'm excited and, and thank you for having me. Uh, my background uh, was in for-profit healthcare, and so I was in the for-profit healthcare sector for almost 20 years of my career, and uh, spent you know in, in that time just just a lot of time in the finance and, and operation realm of the of the space, and uh, and you know had. What I saw, you know, kind of on the tail end of, of my hospital career is just, you know, watching the doctors organize, right? And so, you know, as, as you see that, you kind of, you realize that the doctors are the tip of the spear and that kind of that, that, you know, healthcare was, was beginning to really change. And as doctors started to organize, I really saw it as an opportunity to kind of move over into the private kind of sector and kind of moved into orthopedics at that point. And that was about 2015. And just was really excited, you know, kind of with my hospital background and the knowledge base I carried over, just really, you know, taking a group and, and uh, just, just, you know, getting organized and, and really just driving, you know, volume and, and building ancillaries and, and really creating value, both for the doctors, but it's really good patient care as well, because, you know, it's just, it's really convenient uh, and creates, you know, great patient care for them. So, so, you know, that's kind of how I got over to, you know, to, to uh, orthopedics. And then, of course, with the acquisition of Mississippi Sports Medicine in November of 2020 is how I got into my current role. Absolutely. Well, you know, that, that's amazing to hear. And certainly um, just a lot of great experience in the healthcare space. Um, you know, from your perspective, I know USOP has experienced some great growth in the last several months. Can you talk about how the integration of these new groups is going? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, before I do that, let me just back up for a second, maybe just just talk about, you know, kind of the why, you know, the, again, going going back to seeing the opportunity for, you know, for uh, organizing in a way and consolidation. And just there's so many tailwinds in our sector. You know, we had a friendly payer environment kind of pushing us into the outpatient space and aging population, you know, an increased prevalence of obesity and diabetes and other uh, comorbidities that really drive orthopedic demand. So it was really easy to kind of make a decision to move in this direction. And then, yeah, so so that that kind of, you know, ebbed into the, you know, the, the growth that we've experienced over the last two plus years. And, and it's just, you know, finding like-minded doctors that really want to be part of something and understand kind of the journey and what this looks like long-term. So so our process, of course, has gotten better with time, and we really have become really good integrators, uh, right? And, and that's kind of the thesis here is, is, you know, these doctors are orthopedic doctors. They, they're not big fans of change, and, and they're not real quick to trust. And I can appreciate that, right? And so 
for me, you know, it's, it's about building trust. It's about building credibility, and it's about giving them a product that has a lot of value adds to it uh, when you join USOP. So that's where our integration process kind of drives around. So we do, we are fully integrated and take every group. We fully integrate payroll and, and human resources and accounting and finance. Uh, the one component of that that we don't integrate currently uh, is the EMR and the PM system. And, and the, the, the rationale there is, you know, again, doctors don't love change and uh, that's a big change. And so we chose to be what we call kind of minimally clinically disruptive coming out of the gate. And then, you know, so now we kind of are in the process of, of trying to get everyone integrated to one uh, EMR system as well. So, uh, so you know, every group is different when you, when they join USOP. Every, everyone is in a different maturity of their life cycle. So, uh, you know, every, every group kind of integrates differently, but, uh, you know, a lot of buy-in at the administrative and doctor levels. And it's just a lot of fun, you know, kind of integrating them and, and getting them on all of our kind of platform. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I can certainly appreciate, you know, every uh, practice is unique and every deal is different. Um, you know, when you do connect with physicians, especially as you said, you know, a lot of these doctors um, really are appreciative of, of the ability to be independent from larger institutions and, and still be able to practice great medicine in the way that they feel is best for their patients. So when you're connecting and bringing them into the group, how do you make sure that they, I guess, to gain their trust and they feel comfortable and confident with, um, you know, how they're going to be able to conduct their practice going forward? Yeah, another, another great question. So really, uh, we make sure they maintain their autonomy through the practice, right? You know, what doctors want to be, especially surgeons, is they want to be busy surgeons. And they don't, you know, and, and so for us, we, we kind of meet them where they are, right? It's not, we're not asking them to meet us at this new space called USOP and a new MSO, you know, we, we need to get to where they are, right? Because we're partnering with what we call like-minded groups. So these are doctors that are really the cream of the crop, the brands we've associated with all that, just, just great doctors. So they're already really good at what they do, right? So why would we want to change that, right? So, so, so we don't, we, we just, again, spend a lot of time building trust and, and then, you know, over time they realize it, it is still my practice, right? So, it's the best alternative to private practice, right? If everyone can remain independent forever, I think, you know, most people would probably choose that. But we all know that the headwinds that have created the opportunities to to join into partnerships like USOP. And, and a lot of doctors just don't want to be part of a health system for whatever reason. So, you know, we're a great alternative to that. And, you know, I think our reputation now speaks for itself. So it becomes a little bit easier kind of gathering and earning that trust from doctors. Absolutely. I, I love to hear it. And, and definitely makes a lot of sense um, to be moving in that direction for the doctors and, and uh, you know, for patients as well. I'm wondering, where do you see some of the best opportunities for growth in the future? What's really top of mind for you and, and what are you focused on? Yeah, so we focus heavily on organic growth of the groups that we purchase. And, you know, there's so much organic growth out there. Again, most of our markets we call kind of underserved markets. And what that means is really they're just not urban markets, right? They're great markets, Huntsville, Alabama, you know, Birmingham, you know, just, just really good markets we're in. 
But what we find in those markets is there's a really unique uh, supply-demand relationship where the uh, the demand typically outpaces the supply of doctors. So, so that that's an, a great opportunity for us to grow uh, and add, you know, uh, ancillaries. And what we find a lot of times when we come in with our MSO, and when I talked earlier about value adding, right, we come in with our processes and, and a lot of our systems, even something as simple as a phone system and, and being able to monitor uh, an abandoned call rate that happens at these groups. And oftentimes we find that 20, 25% of the calls, just the calls coming in to these groups are not being answered, right? So, so you, you know, it's just a simple blocking and tackling at first that, that really can see a lift in growth for the group. And, and that, you know, I stand by this. I tell the doctors this all the time. There's 5 to 10% organic growth just in answering your telephones. And so, you know, so, so we focus on the basics at first. And then, of course, we develop a strategic plan around the doctors and what they want to do, uh, you know, which involves, of course, ancillary growth, ASC growth, and, you know, commitment to bringing on uh, and recruiting new doctors for them as well. That's fascinating. And definitely, you know, um, I, I think aligns really closely with, I'm sure, what of the a lot of their goals are um, and really helpful to be able to support them in, in moving forward and growing the different practices. That's awesome to hear. What are some of the headwinds that you're seeing in the orthopedic and ASC space? I know we've alluded to them a little bit, but could you talk a little bit more about, um, you know, the, the specific areas that you see continuing to be a challenge for orthopedic practices and ASCs and, and really how, you know, you're looking to meet those challenges as well? Yeah, so, you know, so headwinds are, are you know, we're very bullish. There's still a lot more tailwinds. I think I mentioned those earlier on kind of the journey to private equity and, and why those tailwinds were, were so excited. But there, there's no, you know, we, we don't hide behind the fact that, that there's tailwinds, right? I mean, money's gotten more expensive. Uh, interest rates, of course, are higher. And, and uh you know, the inflationary measures of, of staff and, and other costs have risen as well. So, so you know, all this you have to manage and take in as part of your process. The, the other thing that's really interesting, and I call it a headwind, but it's also a great opportunity, uh, is, you know, uh, the, the, the recruiting of doctors, the demand on these doctors. I mean, you have to get to uh, these doctors literally in their third year residency or, or sooner, I mean, way before they start a fellowship to tie them into you know, the recruitment process. So, uh, you know, I consider that a, a headwind, but I also consider that a, a tailwind and an opportunity. So those are basically the ones we see currently today. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, a lot more opportunity, to be honest with you, than, than we see, you know, headwinds. Absolutely. That's great to hear. And definitely, um, you know, interesting getting to doctors earlier and then um, making sure that, you know, you have uh, a continued growth pipeline, talent pipeline, and, and those kinds of things to um, really make sure that um, the organization is flourishing and, and growing. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Is there anything else you wanted to leave us with our listeners, especially those who may be physician owners or thinking about and considering private equity for their own organizations? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, we covered a lot of it. I, I think really, um, you know, our brand has, has as, as it develops, it's still immature, but, you know, now being two and a half years old, we, we've done a good job at position ourselves as a trustful brand. And, you know, our word is our word. And, and I think any of our providers and 
And uh, when we when we uh, bring on a new group, we give them a list of our, uh, I guess, our 284 providers at this point. And uh, we don't put any restrictions on that. Call whoever you want and get a reference for USOP. And so, again, you know, core values, is, you know, our, our tagline is, is one vision, one voice. And our core values are around innovation, collaboration, you know, patient-first mentality, and quality. So, you know, we, we just, you know, we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and we're going to make sure that we do the right thing for our physician owners. And, you know, thus far, it's been really successful, and we look forward to kind of continuing to build upon that success. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Glenn, again, for joining us on the podcast, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate your time. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.